Welcome to the Sober and Happy Podcast. My name is Tim and I will be your host. The goal of this podcast is to take you through my journey of getting sober, how I've overcome the difficult challenges that I've faced along the way, and how I've gone from a life of simply just being sober to a life where I'm both sober and happy. In this episode, I want to give you tips to help you navigate the holidays, not only to survive them still sober, but to learn to enjoy the holidays without alcohol. Holidays can be challenging time. When we have drank for so long, so many of the things that we do in life is associated with drinking, and that couldn't be truer for many of us than during the holidays. Everything around the holidays for me revolved around drinking partly because many of the people I celebrated with enjoyed drinking, and partly because, well, I'm a drunk, so I managed to incorporate alcohol into every holiday tradition. That leads me into the first tip. Acknowledge the challenge this may be. This is not a good time to try to minimize the type of challenges we face during the holiday season, especially if you're newly sober. Anytime we are in a scenario where we are breaking a long-time habit of drinking, we are having to retrain our brain to develop new habits. This takes time, this takes work, and it takes perseverance, none of which should be approached with the, ah, this is no big deal, I got this, attitude. I'm not a fake it until you make it kind of guy. Your brain knows you're faking it, and this is false confidence. True confidence is developed through facing adversity and coming out the other side stronger. I like to go into tough situations by acknowledging the challenge and reassuring myself that I've gotten through challenges before, I am strong, and I have a plan. Which brings us to tip number two, which is to have a plan. One of my strong character traits I pride myself on is the ability to face challenges on the fly, be adaptable, and come up with solutions on the spot. This is not the time to do that. When you know you're going into a situation that is going to be tough, making a plan gives you a huge advantage of getting through it. Don't wing it. Let's tip the odds in your favor. This will vary by situation and where you're at in your recovery. When I was newly sober and I was experienced in the first round of holidays, I didn't really know how I was going to feel. I had a general idea that it was going to be rough, but there are a lot of unknowns. The priority of my plan was having a solid, foolproof exit plan. If you could drive yourself to a holiday function, do that. If you can't, make sure you have a solid driver that would support you when you say, we gotta go. Make sure you talk it over with that driver and make sure that they understand that we gotta go means we gotta go now. As the years have gone on, holiday sober is just the norm now. I don't have to have plans around making sure I don't drink. However, I still drive myself. My sanity and peace of mind is a huge priority for me now, and I find that at times when things get a little too drunk and obnoxious, I would just simply prefer to head out. I find it is best to talk to your host beforehand. When newly sober, I'd let people know that I'm still learning to navigate life sober, and sometimes things could get a little overwhelming. For a friend's wedding, I let them know that if it gets to be too much, I may just need to bounce and won't have a chance to say goodbye and will catch up with them later. It really took the pressure off from all the expectations I was placing on myself about being a good guest and not being rude. Be prepared to tell people you are sober, why you quit drinking, why you can't just have one, and everything else that goes along with that. 
over and over. This is annoying and I get it, but accepting it and having responses ready help make this a little less painful. Understanding that this will happen less over time, especially when people realize you're really done drinking, will help a lot too. Number three, get solid on your why. If you've not yet discovered a clear and strong why for getting sober, this is a critical time to do that, and I would suggest going back and listening to episode two where I cover that. If you have already found your why, then revisit it and get solid on it again. I want you to not just read it, but to feel it. Holidays are sneaky, and thoughts can start creeping up that may overemphasize the importance or even the necessity of drinking to enjoy the holidays. For example, every year we spent Thanksgiving with lifelong family friends. While the food was cooking, we sat around the fire outside, had drinks, laughed, and caught up on life. I honestly could not imagine Thanksgiving without this moment. When I was focused on this, my mind started going down all kinds of dangerous paths of justification of not only am I depriving myself of this, but also depriving everybody else of this tradition. Left unchecked, wandering down that path, I will soon not only justify having a drink, but honestly believe I am doing the right thing for everyone. If I circle back to my why in that moment, I know it revolved around being more present and being a better friend and family member. I then could realize that it isn't about the drinking in that moment that everyone enjoys. It is the shared love, the catching up, and the laughs. And if I was to be really honest, although I could be fully a part of those times at the beginning of the day, as I got drunker, I probably was taking away from what was actually important as my level of intoxication grew. I realized that I was more present for what was important when I was not drinking. See the two paths that are available to me at that moment? One is where I focus on the alcohol. The other is where I focus on my why to being sober. Which path is the better one to travel? Number four, if appropriate, make sure people know before you show up that you aren't drinking. This is best when you're going into a situation where everyone knows you drink and are expecting the norm. It could get a little old telling people over and over again that you don't drink anymore. You aren't going to be able to completely avoid the conversations around you being sober, but I find it is helpful if people at least know this beforehand. You probably don't need to send out a huge group text or call everybody that will be at that family function. I find that most families or groups of friends have the one person that just can't help spreading everybody else's news, so we could actually, for once, benefit from the gossiper. Usually, you could just tell a few people and make sure the gossiper is one of them and let the news spread for you. For functions where I don't want to broadcast my drinking habits, such as a work holiday party, I don't send out a company-wide email announcing my new sobriety. However, if I have some coworkers that I've grown close with, I may give them a heads up because I know their support could help. If you've always been the life of the party or the person that everyone gossips about on Monday, you will need to be prepared for a few conversations around the fact that you're not drinking. How to have those conversations is something I will cover next Friday, so make sure to tune in for that. But I do find that it is best not to overcomplicate or overexplain it. In my experience, a simple, I'm just not drinking tonight, works the best most of the time. Number five, acknowledge the emotions you're going to go through. This is not a time for statements like, I'm fine, I got this. There are going to be a lot of emotions that come up. Feeling betrayed that you can't drink like everyone else. Annoyed at having to say, no thanks, 
for what feels like the thousandth time. Angry that you're not getting the support you desire. Even more angry that people try to encourage you to have just one. Acknowledge these things before going into a situation. Understand that people's actions have more to do with their reflections on themselves than not you. A lot of people in my life struggled with me quitting drinking. Partly because I no longer was the drunkest guy in the room, so that started falling on to other people. Many relationships also solely revolved around drinking, and they were afraid of losing that relationship because the common bond was now gone. And some of it is some people are just simply self-centered and don't care why this is important to me. All of this is going to be frustrating, annoying, and even heartbreaking at times. Acknowledge it beforehand so it isn't a constant barrage of unexpected emotions. Even create a mantra to bring you back to the moment if you feel that will help you. Just don't go in unprepared for how you will feel. Number six is to have support lined up. This one is huge, especially if it is your first holiday season. If possible, have people there that can be part of your support group. If you're going into a situation where you don't have support available at the actual event, I would first consider if you should be going. Circle back to your why and ask if this part of your event conflicts with that. Sometimes we still need to go, though, and in those situations, make sure to have support on speed dial. Let your support group know in advance the day and the time that you might need extra help. Don't rely on one person either. I find it best to cast a wide net of support so you can reach out to multiple people, which increases your chance that you get the support that you need. Number seven, create new habits or new traditions. Think back to the story I told about sitting around the fire on Thanksgiving. I simply replaced the alcohol with other drinks and was able to continue the tradition just with a new habit associated with it. It was a little weird at first having coffee and Diet Coke instead of my usual assortment of alcoholic drinks, but over time that became the norm and was no longer a thing. I created a new habit associated with an old tradition that was important to me. Not all holiday traditions are ones we should be holding on to. Maybe your friend's raging New Year's Eve bash isn't the best idea for you when you're newly sober. You don't have to commit to never going again. Just simply say, this year wouldn't be the best. And then when they say, oh, come on, it'll still be fun. You don't have to drink. We'll have soda there for you. Make sure that you have a counter. I find something like, I appreciate your support so much in trying to help me celebrate sober. It will just be too much right now, so I just need your support and understanding with that. If they keep insisting, this is even a better sign that it is probably not a party you should go to. I find it especially helpful to replace these traditions with something else. Sitting at home alone on New Year's Eve after passing on your friend's party is a main ingredient in the recipe for self-pity. Do you have other people you could hang out with? Can you find a sober party? If you can't find anything, can you organize something? I went to an amazing sober New Year's Eve party one year that simply started from someone posting in a local singles Facebook group. Anyone interested in a sober New Year's Eve get-together? Look for alternatives to lessen the feeling of missing out. You may find you like the new traditions even better than the old ones. Coming off that last topic brings us to number eight. Tell yourself it is okay to say no. If something feels like it is simply going to be too much, just say you can't make it. Make excuses if you have to, but don't put yourself in situations where you know it is going to be too much. I skipped the first company holiday party. 
I was only a few months out of rehab and the idea of being in that environment caused so much anxiety that I felt like I was having a heart attack. I simply declined and just told people that I had double booked myself and I have a family function that same night if someone asked me if I was going. Remember that you aren't saying no forever. I could go to company parties now with no anxiety around alcohol being there and I'm able to enjoy myself. It just wasn't the right time fresh out of rehab. Which brings us to number nine, which is don't try to do too much. Although I did good at skipping that holiday party for work, not long after that, I decided to sign up as a designated driver on New Year's Eve for the bar that I frequented for many years at the end of my drinking. I felt it'd be a good way to give back to the community and help make the streets safer since I spent way too much time behind the wheel drunk on their streets. It was very altruistic of me, but it was a horrible idea. I spent my night recreating the habit of driving to and from the bar that I drank at. I spent much of the night associating with old friends that were very intoxicated. I had more than one occasion when I showed up to pick someone up that they weren't quite done with their last drink and kept insisting I come in and say hi to everyone. I eventually caved and went in and was right in the middle of my old world. I survived the night and I didn't drink. But the night was horrible, and my craving level was through the roof for weeks after that night. It is important to put ourselves first in situations like this and not overdo or try to push through. Be gentle and caring to yourself, and definitely don't intentionally put yourself in bad situations. Like, well, driving your drunk friends around all night and going into your old bar. And finally, number 10, create your finish line. If you've ever heard someone talking about running their first marathon, every time you hear them talk about the moments of struggle, the times they were about to give up, they almost always talk about some aspect of the finish line that helped them get through. Maybe it was the thought of the feeling they would get crossing that finish line or their family waiting there for them. It was that feeling associated with finishing that helped them push through. Create your own finish line. Something you could look forward to when you get home to celebrate your accomplishment. I had one friend that would splurge on good coffee, buy herself fresh flowers to be waiting for when she got back to her apartment, and had her favorite pajamas laid out next to a new book. Whenever she would start struggling, she would think of how peaceful it would feel at the end of the night knowing that she conquered another challenge while enjoying way too expensive coffee, while smelling fresh flowers, and getting lost in a great book. What is your finish line? What ways can you congratulate and spoil yourself after a particular challenge? This doesn't have to be for the holidays only either. Life is about celebrating milestones, and I don't think there are any milestones too small not to celebrate. And getting through your first or a particularly challenging holiday season is definitely worth celebrating. So I hope these tips help. I hope you have found this episode helpful. If you did, please share it with someone else that you think it may help. When you do that, it helps my podcast become more accessible to others so that more people could join us on this amazing journey. I'm doing this because I know a lot of people are struggling in their recovery, and I want to help as many people as I can, and that is only possible with your help. New episodes come out each Friday, so I look forward to connecting with you next week. And as always, thank you so much for listening, and keep living sober and happy.